You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I am Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 71 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast, and today we're going to discuss if there's anything to consider when killing characters in your story, <laughs> or can you just sort of get rid of them? Like um, if Tom Bombadil appears in your story, can you just get rid of him? <laughs> just, I know, yeah. you know, if it was oh. me, you know, my, my fingers would be itching to get rid of that guy. Mm-hmm. If he just was a character to a in dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really don't like that character. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we could talk about too. I know in our first series, um, you know, how we chose, how I chose my first time when I had to kill off a character has changed immensely since that time. So it might be fun to revisit what happened the first time I realized I had to kill off a character. <laughs> yeah. One of my beloved characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that that's one of the things you know so, sometimes we can get a bit of attached to to characters but uh oh yeah, yeah. i'm horrible well, <laughs> that way <laughs> but hey we'll yeah, get into all of that we will for now i mean how are things going on your side of the ocean well uh, it's it's quite good i guess as good as things can be in the middle of this covid-19 pandemic that is still terrorizing <laughs> the world uh i mean at the point of us recording this uh, we're just at the end of easter right now mm-hmm. uh so yeah as you can imagine it's been a pretty quiet easter holiday where like everybody else we've just been staying at home and not much happening to be honest, but on the other hand, that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and also, in the middle of this crisis, we we we've been trying to sell our house. Well, I was gonna ask you how but, that was going. I, I yeah. all the house showings are on hold. No, no, actually, they're not. Um, oh, no. <laughs> No, because I mean, there's no, as long as you don't touch anything in the houses, nothing is going to happen, right? Uh, and as long as you you keep your distance from the real estate agent, that's also fine. Um, so they're still showing houses, um, but yeah, we, we've been trying to sell our house. Well, honestly, we've been trying for more than a year now um, because the our kids are going to school in another city, like 15 kilometers from here. So we want to uh, move there just to get rid of the daily commute back and forth. And also because the kids are getting older, so they want to have their play, play, play times or, or play dates or whatever you call it with, with the, <laughs> with their friends. And they actually, at least the older one is, is he's old enough to, to go and see people on his own as long as he can get there. But the problem is that he can't from where we live now. So we always have to drive him, which is quite annoying for him uh, because then we don't have time. Uh, so he can't not just go and visit friends as much as he likes. So that's a big part of why we want to move. So, but we've been trying for more than a year now and, uh, we just agreed here over Easter that uh, with the real estate agent that we're going to lower the price with 100,000 Danish crowns. So that's about 15,000 US dollars. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and I, th- I think we've reached the limit now, to be honest. I mean, if this is the second time we're reducing the price with that amount. 
Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't sell now, uh, I think we might end up pulling out of the market at least for a while and then go back to it later. I mean, it's not it's not what we want to do because of the reasons I just mentioned, but there is also a limit on how cheap we want to sell this house. Absolutely. Right? So, I mean, it's got to be worth it or it's not worth it. Yeah. I mean, we're like 30,000 US dollars down from where we started wow. uh, now. So I think, yeah, I, I don't want to, we really don't want to go much, much oh. further than that. No, oh, that's always hard. So we'll see what happens. <sighs> it has still not, uh, that the price reduction has still not kicked in on the websites and stuff like that. Mm. So we'll see what happens if it, if it brings any interest or not. Because again, the COVID-19 pandemic is also uh, making, well, it very difficult to sell a house right now. Not, well, I'm not, thinking not as you... much as, yeah, I'm not, mm. uh, not as much, I'm not thinking so much about, people viewing houses but more like there's so much insecurity about finances right now so it's a bit like people are holding back a bit so and i can't imagine like i know you said guy you're you would have to go look for a house and you might get an apartment for a while and i can't imagine doing that in a pandemic (laughs) world so i yeah 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 good luck with that on all fronts that just it's gone from selling a house is already complicated enough to Wow, you got a Rubik's cube worth or a Ruby Goldstein type machine going just to do one step. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, but on the other hand, do do remember that you know once we sell the house, it's probably mm-hmm. gonna be like six months before we need to leave the house, right? Okay. So it's so it's not like we. It's gonna be quite a while before we move out after it's been sold. Oh, that's good. Uh, so usually in the even, U.S., it's very quick. It's a month or two, and you're you're out. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you can agree anything, basically, yeah, but true. it's quite normal for uh, selling a house here in, in Denmark, at least. Or it, it's it's quite normal that you will agree something like a five, six month takeover wow. time. That's quite normal. That's what that's that's so much calmer than over here. That's good. good. That's good. Yeah, but you, you need to usually have time to find something else to live in. You need to pack all your stuff. I mean, we don't want to stress, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. We're all stressed in America. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll take it nice and slow. So, But yeah. how's, how's things been on your side? Well, good, as long as you ignore the outside news. I mean, uh, the U.S. just just crossed the threshold to the most deaths in the world. So I try not to, I've stopped reading the news and um, just been working on the cabin. We go out very rarely, but Hey, I actually finished the inside of the room that we'd been building. So I have my little kitchen area. It's all very cute and cozy and getting things, you know, really wrapped up. And now I'm just working on the outside um, trim and some, the clapboard siding. And my husband built a picnic table over the Easter weekend, which was very exciting. And we cooked something outside cause it was gorgeous weather. So in nice. our little, our little sphere of the stream and the woods, and you hear owls at night and the spring peepers are out. So it's quite lovely that way. And actually, if you hear any weird drumming, it's a rainy day again. And we were having a rainy Monday. So every time we go to record, I've got this little drum beat in the <laughs> background. Um, but it's 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 quite lovely in its own way. If it was um, not such a terrifying year, it would be just a little blissful heaven. But I guess <laughs> the outside world feels like it's burning and 
but my little sphere of the woods is quite lovely. So we'll just stay here. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, uh, speaking of the outside world burning, there, there was actually a, a very quick little tip I thought I could share here up front. Ooh. Um, because, because of the whole chaos in the world, <laughs> all the big uh, companies has basically scaled back on their advertising. So I'm hearing on the grapevine from almost everywhere that uh, running Facebook ads at the moment is a lot cheaper than normal. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah. so if if some of our listeners, and well, depending on when you're listening to this, of course, and what the status is of the pandemic at that point in time we, we could all hope that it's better of course but if it's not then you might want to dip your toes into some facebook advertising right now if you have a new book to maybe publish or or, or maybe advertise or maybe running some ads for list building or something like that it's it's a lot cheaper right now than normal so so that's a that's a good little tips and a, a small shiver of light in all the darkness here a week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So, as discussed a few episodes ago, we were thinking to put a short course together, and ah, uh, yeah. Facebook group voted for it, <laughs> and they decided that it should be about character development. But we also said that we were only going to create the course if we got at least twenty signups. And we ended up with more than 20. So yeah. I'm so excited <laughs> that we're actually going to be making this course that kind of came out of nowhere and we never expected to do so. <laughs> it wasn't planned at all. <laughs> no, we just went through the tasks and the task list. So we just added more tasks to our individual task list, which, of course, we've never, ever, ever even gotten close to the bottom of. <laughs> but <laughs> it'll be good to do this one and check it right. You know, we added it and hopefully in a week or two we'll be crossing it right off and just get it done yeah well we have the rest of our lives to get to the bottom of that task list but <laughs> <laughs> and may they be very long and and successful <laughs> yeah, and busy yeah. very very busy <laughs> yeah that's true but yeah so we'll we'll start recording this uh this course and um well, actually, this episode will go out on the 4th of May. Yeah, so, so it's almost about the time we'll be done, yeah, I hope. If, well, actually, if everything has gone well and <laughs> according to plan, those who signed up for the course should already have it in their inbox yeah. by the time they listen to this. But so that's we exciting. will see how that goes. <laughs> so once again, we're time traveling. <laughs> yeah. Sending this off into the future where we're done with the course already. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But at least we'll do everything we can to make sure that people have it be before the end of April, like we promised. Yes. Um, but maybe just as a quick recap. So in the course, we will cover five different topics. Uh, first one being on cast of characters. So understanding what type of archetype characters are available and mm -hmm. which ones your story needs. Uh, then we will talk about why you need to start with character creation rather than plot and also understanding character motivation, choosing point of view characters, and then character arcs and how to tie them into the story structure. Excellent. I can't wait. Should It'll be, be a great little course. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Anything else we need to share? 
Oh, no, I think that's well, I, I had a little tip that got me excited about the email marketing course that you're uh, working on, and I'm editing for you before we get around to recording. But I actually had a fellow author who I didn't even know was on my email list um, recently emailed me and said, "Uh, so I am sitting here in awe of your email prowess as I realize I need to put a little more effort in mine to make them even half as impressive. And I was like, wow, that's, that. I don't often hear, you know, from readers. I think every author has that where they don't often always hear from your readers every single time you send out an email, but it's always nice to hear from a compatriot and contemporary who tells you you're doing a good job. And which made me think, oh, I'm working on that email course script um, for us to get that going. So that's another course on our to-do list that we're making progress on. And obviously, we have some things to teach. So that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all excellent. So all, all in due time, I think 2020 will be a good oh, year. Um, in some way. <laughs> and yeah, well, at least in terms of putting out a lot of uh, content uh, for teaching other authors and helping other authors out. So all in due time, we will make sure to mention it on future episodes as things get ready. But uh, yeah. And on to today's topic. Uh, Killing characters. (laughs) So hard. I have to admit, I've met a few authors who it was like second nature for them to kill off characters. But I know for me, when I was writing my first trilogy, and I had that dawning realization as the stakes got higher and higher and bad things were happening that someone's got to die. Someone has to <laughs> die. You can't have this epic fantasy quest that all these life-threatening situation and no one dies. It feels so false. The stakes don't feel real. So someone has to die. And who? And someone how? Has to die. It sounds so terrible. <laughs> I know. I think I wrote a blog post on it that was basically that was titled that someone has to die. <laughs> it was quite agonizing because I do I loved all my characters and I went through many gyrations as I was plotting out that final book. I mean, people had died earlier, but not one of the big big characters. Um, mm. And trying to figure out how to do it. And who was going to be that person. And yeah, it was very tough as a new author and my first epic fantasy trilogy to to figure that one out and to get to a point where I felt comfortable with it. Mm. Well, that, that's quite interesting because I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> you can kill them left and right. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, but that, so there's finally a difference we found between us. I, I mean, I had a horrible time. I, I went through a random number generator. I was pulling names really? out of hat uh, just to try to figure out which one it had to be. I love all of them. It was horrible. Well, so why did you have to kill one of them? Uh... It just didn't feel real. I always have complained that, you know, you read about these amazing quests and somehow everyone makes it out alive and they're in these horrible life-threatening situations. And that's just, to me, unrealistic, unfeasible. I just, logically, somebody had to die. So at least all one right, character. Yeah. One of the yeah. big characters, because again, I, I, my trilogy really has probably five or six, you know, really top tier, the point of view characters, and they're kind of all my little heroes and heroines. So I had to choose one of them. And it was, like I said, it was quite how I ended up getting there is funny in its own way. But I knew someone to make the stakes real, somebody had to die. It had to be a gut punch at some point mm. in those final chapters. Mm. 
So you you rolled a dice in the end, or what did you uh, do? I did, but and I settled on a character. <laughs> but honestly, when I was writing the story out, I got to a scene. I'm like, this is it. This is the character that dies. It came as I was writing it with someone I didn't even expect um, okay. was going to die, and it fit the story. And that's sort of even with that bl- old blog post when I was writing. Um, about what I was going through, even while I was going through it. That's sort of what it ended up being, is that it has to fit the story. You, you can't... You can't... You know, random. If you really need something to tell you, you can random number generate it and work it in. But I know since then I've talked to other authors who you're just writing and there's a point where you're like, this character dies here. You just know mm. it. And I know I remember talking to one author and he said... And the funny thing is, I had it all plotted out and this character was going to show up in like three or four more chapters. And it was like a point of view character. And so it was like, I had to rework my entire plot to make the death happen when it felt right for it to happen because I, everything right. else I plotted was going to, obviously they couldn't come back from the dead to be for their new scene. So they had to figure that one out. But I do think um, if you're a slight pantser and you're writing, there becomes a point where it's, you know, you just get to that life or death, moment and usually you have your heroes make it out and just every once in a while you're like no this is this is the this is the time that this character doesn't make it mm. and then you have to deal yeah. with the fallout <laughs> yeah for sure I'm, but, but i agree i mean in, i don't have any problem killing characters <laughs> and i'm probably not the kindest to my characters they probably don't like me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i won't say my characters like me life is hell in my world so <laughs> yeah indeed <laughs> but uh, but I, I do think there's a lot of truth in the fact that killing characters should not be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there needs to be a reason and a purpose for killing a character. And I'm just thinking of an example here, and, and, and I might be mistaken, to be honest, mm. because I'm not 100% sure if it's true. But I did hear once that... Um, Stephen King had ridden himself into a corner in the, in the fact that he had way too many characters and he didn't quite know how to get all the different story arcs merged together. Mm-hmm. So he decided to blow up the town and a bunch of characters with it and then voila, you know, you got rid of a bunch of storylines and then everything could uh, work again. Uh I don't know if that was Stephen King doing that or if it's just like a, a story about it, but but at least I would say you know, it serves as a good example to how to not do it. <laughs> Just because you do, you feel like I have too many characters and I don't know what to do, killing them for that reason is just not good enough. No, no. And I have to say, I mean, I really, if you're writing something um, very deep and impactful and you want your readers to love your characters, sometimes it's got to be the one that is no one wants to see die. And that's what always is tough. I think as an author, you don't, as a reader too, you're reading it and you don't want that character to die. It's always such a tragedy. I mean, that's why I had um, Game of Thrones. I know some people love Game of Thrones because characters were dying left and right. And <laughs> just when you get attached to someone, they're gone. And I, it was too many for me. I If too many of my favorite characters die, I can easily just put down a book and be like, I just really... For Game of Thrones, I could go back and read it now because I know which characters I can stay attached to. Right. <laughs> but uh, reading it th- forward the first time, I still remember I picked up uh, the first book in the series back probably when it came out, which was, what, a decade and a half ago or something. It was ages ago when I got to the end when Ned died. I was like, what? 
And no. I, I just put the book away and it took probably eight years for me to be like, I wonder what happened with that princess who got married to the, you know, nomadic guy. I couldn't remember names or anything. And I finally went back and picked up the book again because I was curious. And then lo and behold, like six months later, it becomes this huge thing. <laughs> so, mm. uh, but I still never made it actually reading wise, I think past book three, because I've just got so sick of it got to the red wedding and i was like i'm done <laughs> i'm just done <laughs> yeah but but this is i mean you do run that risk of annoying the reader mm-hmm. you know if, if you kill off a character especially if it's one of their favorites mm-hmm. unless i mean if there's a really good reason for it i i think it's okay um you're still gonna annoy some people about or some maybe they feel sad about it uh, but if it's like there was a really good point to this mm-hmm. and and it serves the story really well then i think it's okay um but killing off characters are never easy in that way no, um, no but you I... need to be careful not to do it the wrong way exactly I, I i have received a text message from my niece who reads my books and she said she was mad at me when she read that final book and the one character died so i know i chose the right character when i can spark ire from my niece and <laughs> say how could you but Again, it's, it was important to the story, I think, because it did make it more impactful. It made those final scenes. And I think that's part of killing a character. You can't just kill off somebody and the next day everyone jumps up and maybe they're angry. It's just if they don't process it, if you don't have that, especially when you're doing the wrap up after the climax, if you don't have that tearful time, the one characters mourning that loss or you know what the world's going to be like without this character it helps it helps with the grieving process with even the reader to actually be able to say hey this is important it was important to everyone and and we're so sorry and life's going to be forever different yeah yeah absolutely i mean there's there's purpose behind this topic right because on one hand you could say uh, if the writer, for example, realizes that, uh, well, okay, I don't think that there is much of a purpose for this character anyway, so let me kill <laughs> that character, right? I mean, right. well, if the character didn't have a purpose in the first place, what is he, what is he or she even doing there? I mean, yeah. he shouldn't be in the story at all. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but on the flip side, I would say, and I'm curious what you think about this, but I would say you can add a story or character to the story with the purpose that you want to kill them. Mm-hmm. I think so, uh, now that, that I... makes pl- sense? It does, it does. And now that I plot out more, I kind of know, you know, if a character is not going to make it from the beginning. And uh, it's not as much of a surprise anymore because I'm no longer wet behind the ears as an author. And I kind of, I've kind of, you know, learned to... It's like becoming a manager. You can't be best friends with your employees no matter how much you like them because you might have to fire them someday. So you, you always need that little arm's distance um, no matter how much you want to hug them sometimes. But it's the same with your characters. Sometimes you know they're going to die, but that's also a problem. I mean, I've talked to a lot of other writers and they've said that if they know the character is going to die ahead of time, they're kind of colder and almost crueler to them. And I've said I've just the opposite. If I know a character is going to die, I actually spend more time like developing them and loving them and 
you know, they're like this glowing, wonderful thing, and then I kill them off. So <laughs> I give them the best life possible before ending it. Uh, but again, that can be actually a challenge for writers. If they know the character is going to die, maybe they don't want to get too attached to them. And so they don't write it quite as well as maybe they need to. Well, that that's true. Yeah, I guess so. That, that could be a thing, actually. Uh, but I just feel like if you add a character to the story, knowing that this person is going to die, uh, you know, if they're destined to die at some point, then it also means that the actual dying part has a role to play in the story. I mean, it, it will tie into the main storyline somehow. Um, and it becomes very meaningful because yes. of that. So, uh, And I think some of those where it might sound, you know, at face value, it might sound, sound about, a bit weird. Yeah, okay, so you add a character just to kill them. But it actually usually ends up with a very, very meaningful death that, that mm -hmm. actually plays heavily on the emotions as well. So it it might be a lot better than you think to do something <laughs> like that. Oh, I agree. And I think, again, that almost becomes, as a writer, you know, we whether or not you want to read that we create hidden subtext or symbol symbolism and stuff in our characters or in our themes of our novels, you know, are we creating just a simple story or is there some underlying message? It's so hard to say, but death is big. And um, I know even though I'm writing for adults and adults often read my books, I have readers as young as 13. So you are giving them tools psychology wise of how to process this. You know, this to me, it shouldn't be a, a shoot 'em up game type of world where we're doing, Oh, what is the one with the car chases and, you know, people jump out and shoot everyone and gangsters. And I don't want that type of world. I want the death to be um, a sense of loss to the other characters. I want the reader to feel that sense of loss and how to grieve, but also that, you know, they died hopefully for a cause because they believed in something, not because, you know, the bridge collapsed on their head. You know, life is already crazy enough and we're always looking for a meaning of our own lives that books where we have a beginning and an end and there is a meaning and a purpose and a storyline that we sometimes can't create out of our own lives, we can create that in our novels. And so the life and the death of a character can have a purpose. And that's kind of soothing in this crazy, chaotic pandemic world we live in. Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. But it, that, that I, I think part of the point you're making as well, or mm -hmm. at least I think it is, is also that the, the death scene itself should be an epic one it should oh, not be yeah. something easy and uh, okay then you know as you said you know the bridge fall on their head and then they die you know yeah. it's a bit like what yeah uh, the giants you know trips and squish and it's just no fun that way no it's it's gotta uh, well, be that sounds it, quite fun, it, the sense of <laughs> loss i can imagine you have this incredible character that just dies because a giant trips would just be duh you know so senseless no one wants a senseless yeah, epic although fantasy. Although that one does sound quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe for a tertiary character, how's that? We'll throw that in somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Did you ever see the uh, two thousand and four movie called Troy with Brad Pitt, where he played Achilles? I think Achilles? I did. I think I did. Yes. Uh, it's just like uh, I, I really, really like that movie. I mean. Uh, Brad Pitt is badass as Achilles, uh, especially I remember like there was one this one scene 
in the um, in the movie where the two armies are, you know, they, they 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 need to fight each other, but then the kings sort of discuss between them and say, well, it's a bit of a stupid thing that we all these people are going to die. So why don't we just take our two best fighters and let them fight? Mm-hmm. And then uh, whoever wins, wins. And then everybody else don't have to die. So they, the two kings agree this. And um, there is this like huge, like huge guy, brute guy, you know, who, who, who is the champion of the one army. He steps out in front of the army there and he's ready to fight. Like he looks like a freaking badass, right? <laughs> so you're thinking, oh shit. And then... Uh, the I think it's Agamemnon, the other king, and he uh-huh. turns around to the army and he calls Achilles, and then nothing happens. <laughs> and he's and then after a while he calls like I, I it's been quite a while since I watched the movie, but I think he calls a few times, and not nothing happens. And then he turns around and says, "Where where's Achilles? Uh, well, he's probably sleeping. So somebody <laughs> runs down to the beach and into right and quite right, Achilles is just sleeping in his tent. So they get him and say, "You need to come and fight." So he just sort of gets up. And, um, you know, he has his uh, morning hair and everything <laughs> going there. So he, he walks up and uh, stands in uh, front of, of their army there and facing this uh, brute guy there. They'll probably like, I don't know, 100 feet between them or something at that point. So um, this guy, he has a spear, the other guy. Mm-hmm. And Achilles has his short sword. So this other guy, Achilles just starts running towards him, like full sprint, straight mm-hmm. for him. And uh, this other guy then takes his spear up and throws it. And uh, just like with the most cool attitude Brad Pitt could ever make, he just like, <laughs> you know, shifts his head slightly to the side and passes right through, uh, right past him, like an inch past him or something. And he doesn't stop running at all. He just does this violent full sprint. And then when he gets to the guy, he, he jumps up and uh, stabs his short sword into the guy, you know, down the neck. And then and then he falls off dead. And that's <laughs> it. You know, it's just like, shoof, done. And, and the guy's done, right? So, yeah. And he has several of these kind of insane scenes in this movement. And Achilles is so freaking badass. But then I'm getting to my point now. <laughs> so I love that movie. And I know why Achilles has to die the way he does and all that. But getting an arrow in the heel, it just feels like this is so freaking lame. You know, this is not an epic death for for a a hero that is just like more badass than anybody else. And it annoys me so badly. (laughs) We want to go back and rewrite Grecian history and Achilles should die a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, if he has to die, it should be an epic death, right? I mean, this is like the all-time hero. Nobody is more badass than this guy. No. And then he has to die an arrow in the heel. I mean, I know, I understand all the law and all the history and why it is so and all that good stuff, but... Ah, come on! This is annoying. Well, and again, it's one that um, all these actor, all these directors and actors, and have struggled with when they get to play this awesome badass character, and they know they have. It's written; they have to die this way. And I know there's been one scene where I think he's shot a couple times in the chest, and they break off. So the only one that's visible is the one on his heel, and so everyone, you know, that starts the legend that he dies because of this. And so they. Yeah. they 
tried so many times, but yeah, it's, it is one of those things. I mean, I can see that with, um, I know I've watched lots of shows and my husband and I will be like, ah, how could it end that way? And sometimes the Mm. only way for me to deal with it is to, it's like the wrap up is too sudden. So in my head, I'm, I'm writing the next scene so that I can then process the death better when it seems so meaningless. And, you know, I don't want to do that with, you know, to my readers. And I think that's one reason, I mean, so many writers often fail at the wrap up very well or fail with those emotions afterwards, which are so nuanced. I mean, a lot of readers these days, they don't want the hero like um, Hercules or, you know, He-Man, you know, we used to have all these shows where it was like, you know, these brute Conan the Barbarian, you know, they go and squash people and kill people all the time and there's never any reflection. And that's just not the type of fantasy we're reading and writing right now. It's people want to have the reflection. They want to feel that sense of loss. And so I think that's important to give that to readers, at least in the fantasy I write. And, you know, not everyone's writing that or reading that, but there's definitely a trend to have more side effects of even PTSD and these things that uh, people are struggling with to make sense in this world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's just, it is just important to keep everything aligned with the story that yeah. you're telling. Um at the end of the day, that's that's the best thing we can do. Uh, yes. So a random number generator is probably <laughs> not the best way to have to choose between your favorite characters if you're like me and you're way too attached to everyone. And uh, you, so you have to find some way of killing them off. And I, I do tell people if you are like me and you just absolutely adore all your characters and you don't want to see any of them die, just remember you control the universe and you can control where they go when they're dead. And this is magic and fantasy. So I do... Um, my, my one character's death actually is what spawned the basis of a second trilogy that goes into the realm of the spirit realm, actually, which it ends up being where all magic is from. And mm. it creates a whole nother storyline that might not have happened if I hadn't um, killed off a character, (laughs) especially Mm. the character I chose. So I do tell, that's a whole other thing. And I know when we talk about character development and magic and a lot of our our courses, we talk about, you know, you should answer that question of what happens when characters die. Where do they go? It's part of the world's mythos. It's the part of the part of the world building so if you have the answer to that question um hopefully as a writer it doesn't hurt so much to kill them off unless they go to the ether and just dissolve into the universe then i guess they're gone no that yeah but that's true I, in 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 my own trilogy as well um there is a, a world for the dead as well uh and when one of the characters die um he goes there uh and then another character actually gets to meet her love again uh, oh. in the realm of the dead. So, um, so so for sure, yeah, uh, that's one of the advantages we have in <laughs> fantasy. Sometimes there is a realm of the dead, right? Just like in Greek mythology with Absolutely. the underworld and all that stuff. So there is so, that, uh, oh yeah, there is always that other side of the coin where at least we get to go visit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think at the end of the day, you know, trying to let the story dictate uh, when some when a character dies rather than 
you just feeling like, yeah, I need a bit of uh, tension or drama in this scene, yeah. so let me kill somebody because uh, that usually don't give a very good result. At least, at least in my view, that that's a bit of lazy storytelling that stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so next Monday we're going to share our thoughts and also part of our process for how to handle book launches. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcast and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on patreon.com slash amwritingfantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.